It's not like any other podcast. Coming to you straight from Eastern Iowa, where apartment ownership and investing is told like it is. It's time for Darren Garman's Apartment Specialist Podcast. Hold on, because here comes the next episode of the Apartment Specialist Podcast. Well, hey, Darren Garman here, and welcome to this week's podcast. And we're going to have kind of a follow-up to last week's podcast. So if you remember last week, we talked about um, how to get in front of as many of the opportunities that are going to be coming up in the next 6 to 9 to 12 months as possible. Uh, we talked about what opportunities are going to be, when you're going to see them more than hear them. And we talked about you know whether you do it yourself, where you plug into somebody, what's the best way to get as much deal flow as possible. So we talked about that. right? Well, this is kind of part two. And part two is going to be about investors screwing up. So what we're going to do is we're going to minimize your mistakes right now going through this process as you think about getting more involved in this. And not only what we're going to share today does it apply for the deals that are going to be coming up, the real estate's distressed properties are going to be seen in the next year or so, but it really applies about any time. So we're going to name this, we're going to name this podcast Screw-Ups to Avoid. And by the way, I can tell you about these screw-ups because I've done them. Uh, so this is expensive experience talking to you. Okay? This is expensive experience, and I'm only going to go over the top two or three, uh, mainly because A, I've done them, <laughs> or B, it's the most occurring screw-up that I see other investors do. The next two or three I'm going to talk to you about. So about the first one. The first one is not looking under the surface. looking under the surface, okay? So, yes, you should have some criteria. Yes, you should have a way of, uh, of not having to look at every single opportunity, spending your time wisely, leveraging your time. So you've got to have criteria. Uh, definitely, we only want properties built after 1985. Uh, they've got to be a certain number of units. They've got to be in a certain location. All that makes really, really good sense. And you've got to have that so you can disqualify a whole bunch that don't meet your criteria and only focus on the ones that do. But here's the problem I see happen all the time. Let's say you get to a point where you now you have one that's in the ballpark. Okay, you have one that's in the ballpark. Now, by making quick, on-the-surface decisions, it can cost you millions and millions of dollars. Let me give you an example. So I had a phone call last week from this big partnership out of Colorado. Okay, you know the guy gets on the phone and he's got kind of a deep voice and you know here's how much experience we've got. We just sold a project in New Mexico and we've got this money and we want to buy a bunch of real, you know, and we do all this and that, you know, that kind of thing. And so he tells me that they'd have an interest in buying all of our units. Okay, all right. Uh, our units aren't really for sale, but if you want to buy them, all right, well, we, we can at least have a conversation and we'll talk about it. So here's what I told them. I said, we're going to need at least $53,000 a unit, or what some people would say a door, in order for us to sell. Okay? Here's what he says to me. He's not seen any information yet. No income. No expense information, no profit and loss, 
no operating history, doesn't know where the properties are located. He doesn't know anything yet. All he knows is $53,000 a door or a unit. Here's what he says to me. Well, in this environment, we're not going to pay anything over $50,000 a unit. Okay? And that's your criteria? Yeah, that's our criteria right now. Anything over $50,000 a unit is just off the table. So I say, well, we don't have anything else to talk about. And 10 seconds later, the conversation ended. Thank you, thank you. Talk to you later. Good luck. That's it. Now, how stupid can you be? Now, don't get me wrong here. I'm not bitching because they didn't want to buy our properties. I don't care. But you can't just make those kinds of on-the-surface decisions without getting a little bit deeper into the opportunity to go through some of that information, then make your decision. Far too many people get locked into one or two little basic criterias that they use, and that's their criteria. Another one is cap rate, right? So I'm not going to get into what a cap rate is. Many of you should know, but some may say, well, I'm not buying anything less than a 7% cap rate right now. Okay, well, how do you know that the project you're looking at that might be priced at a 6%, 6.5% cap rate right now, how do you know that the rents haven't been raised, maybe haven't been raised in the last five years? How do you know that they're paying 15% more in expenses than they could be if you took over? How do you know? You don't know yet until you go under the surface and find out. Now, if you go under the surface and find out, you know what, you know, this really is a, a, a property we're interested in. We really can't improve the income stream very well. We really don't, I don't think we can really raise rents. I don't think we can really reduce some of those expenses. Okay, off the table. Uh, I really don't think it's worth $53,000 a unit. Okay, off the table. But you've got to go under the surface first. I can tell you, almost every property that we own and that we will own, on the surface, they didn't look that great. They looked kind of average. But once we went under the surface and were realistic about what we could really do, once we took over, they became really really, really good properties. Okay, so number one, make sure you look under the surface. Don't get stuck on one or two little pieces of criteria that's going to stop you. That's a screw-up. Okay, that is a screw-up. All right, let's go with screw-up number two. All right, screw-up number two has to do with not getting bigger okay not looking at bigger projects than what you think you can handle here's a secret for you it makes sense for you to stick in your comfort zone so if you think you only want to purchase up to 12 units let's say or maybe a 5,000 square foot office building if it comes up, or something under a certain dollar amount. Well, I'm going to look at anything under half a million dollars or less. Anything over that, I'm not even going to look at. Well, what are you doing? You're disqualifying some very, very good opportunities that you could have access to that you otherwise would not because you've got some arbitrary number in your head. 
But Darren, I can only really afford like a 12 unit, or maybe a 20 unit building, or maybe a four unit building, or maybe a 3,000 square foot office building. I can I'm going to tell you that's not the case. What are you talking about, Darren? You don't know my financial situation. You don't, I'm telling you it's not the case. Because i got another little secret I'm going to share with you here in just a second. But before I go there with that secret, don't limit yourself too darn much here, guys. Don't. Be open to opportunities that take you out of your comfort zone. Because if you don't, you're going to really limit the opportunities. So if you tell me, well, I only really want to buy something, uh, invest in something, half a million dollars or less, let's say. So you're telling me if I had a property that was $800,000, we were very confident that by buying it for $800,000 today, in five to ten years, it's going to be a million seven, million eight hundred, one million eight hundred thousand dollar property. Okay, in the next five to ten years, you're telling me you would not want to be in on that deal because it's under your criteria. Is that is that what I'm hearing? Of course you'd be interested. So don't limit yourself now out of the gate. Now this isn't to say you. Um, you want to look at every single thing because there are limits to time and resources. We know that. But don't paint yourself in a corner. In one of my podcasts, I call it painting the corner investing. Okay? You don't want to do that. Get out and expand out of your box in terms of size of the opportunities, guys. I'm going to tell you. One of the biggest complaints I get from investors, my partners, a lot of the investors I work with personally that are landlords or own their own properties, is this. Should have went bigger. Should have went bigger. Okay, only time tells you that as time goes by. So I'm trying to save you years and years of time. So, not getting bigger. Get out of your comfort zone with size of opportunities you want to look at, guys. Okay, because don't paint yourself in a corner. It will limit you. Now, now to my secret. Okay, for those of you that are thinking right now, yeah, but Darren, I, I mean, I really only have enough funds and only have enough resources for that half a million. I can't do a million dollar property. I can't do that. That's just bigger than what I can do. Let me tell you something. Number three. Now, at the risk of this sounding way, way, way too simplistic, because it is going to sound very simplistic, I promise you, this is the case. Okay? This is the case. Deals will fund if that good. Now, my penmanship, if you're watching the video, is terrible. Deals will fund if that good. So here's what I'm telling you. If the deal that you find is that good, you'll have no problem finding the money for it. No problem. I'm going to say that again. If the deal is that good, even if it's above whatever pre-thought criteria you've got in terms of size, dollar amount, if it's that good, I'm telling you, you will not have trouble finding the money for it. Let me tell you something. Every time I put a property under contract, 
every time. I never know where all the money's coming from. Now, does that sound logical to you? No. Logic would state, well, you should have your money ready to go. You should have your down payment sitting in the bank or credit union. You should have your lender ready to lend. So you should have all of these ducks in a row first. I'm going to tell you right now that's absolute bullshit. You shouldn't have any of that ready to go. None of it. Why? Because if the deal is good enough, if it's that good, you will have no trouble finding the money for it. You won't. See, what most people do is they, like I said, they want to get all their ducks in a row, waste precious time, energy, and resources, and they want to just have everything perfectly laid out before they go out and they buy something. No, 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 no. It's the other way around. You want to go find it first. Then you want to go and work on your funding. Okay? That's how you want to do it. So, if you follow the processes that I just mentioned with those screws, remember, screw up number one was not looking under the surface. You've got to do that. Number two is not getting bitter, bigger, okay? Number two is not getting bigger and getting past that self-made box you've got yourself in in terms of either money that you'll, that you'll invest, whether it's IRA, 401k, or regular money, and deal size you'll get involved in, okay? Expand yourself now because the, the times that we're going through right now from a real estate ownership standpoint, and what values we'll be doing in terms of dropping in many property categories, and then expanding and going back again, because it is cyclical, we're not gonna see this for a long, long time, guys. So now's the time to get expansion thinking in your mind with what I'm talking about. All right, so let's hit the last one, and then we will wrap up this week's podcast. Okay, talking about, thinking about, and working on things that have no relevance to what you should be doing. Here's what I mean. I call it the what-if game. Okay. Um, what if the property that we buy is going to need some work? Okay, what if that happens? All right. What if the bank's interest rate's a little bit lower or maybe even higher than what I've been thinking when we purchase it. Yeah, I better do a spreadsheet on that. I better spend maybe a couple hours of spreadsheeting on that. Okay, what if um, we purchase something that's maybe twice as big as what we're thinking? Okay, well, you know, I better put a spreadsheet on that. Okay, what if, um, what if my management fee for running this is 2.5% versus 3.5%? Okay, I better do a spreadsheet on that. Um, what if one of my partners wants more of an ownership interest in this property than what I'm comfortable doing? Or what if I have six partners instead of eight? What if I have no, well, I, you know, I better spread, okay, do you see my point here? Do you see my point? I talk to so many investors that they are stuck in what ifs and spreadsheeting things that are more than likely not even going to happen. 
They're not even there yet. They're having conversations in their mind about things that haven't even, haven't even come to the surface and that, that are months down the road or maybe even several months down the road. Okay? So let me give you an example. So I had a conversation with an investor two days ago I was looking at buying an apartment community, small apartment community. Okay? This guy is worried about what the income was three years ago. Okay? Three years ago. So he's buying a property in 2020 when I'm recording this podcast. He wants to know what the rents and what the income and the expenses were in, nine, in uh, 2017. Okay? What if the income was where it was in 2017? Who cares? What difference does it make? What the income and the expense information was three years ago. It doesn't have any bearing on what's happening now or where you can take it from now. Why do you want to know what it was three years ago? Well, you know, we want to run a spreadsheet on that, and then we want to figure out, well, if we can take that and we can do this. and You can buy it for $40,000 under market. Your cash on cash is 17.5% return. Buy the damn thing. Get it under contract. Who gives a shit what happened three years ago? But see, that's what a lot of people do. They want to go, well, what if, and what if, and what if, and what if. Now, am I saying be reckless? No. Am I saying, you know, be careless? Of course not. Am I saying not have a plan and an approach on how you purchase, do your due diligence, and make properties work for you? Of course not. I'm not saying that. But you know what I'm saying here? How many times have you read a bunch of books, read a bunch of articles, listened to a bunch of podcasts, spreadsheeted the crap out of something, kept working and working and doing things and doing things and never getting anything done? Because you're what ifing. You're what ifing. Okay? Don't what if. Take the action, move forward. With the information you have now, you can always course correct. You can always course correct. Okay? Because I can't tell you how many conversations I've had with investors on the one that got away. Whether it was with me with some of the projects I'm involved in. Um, I can tell you we got involved in two last year where I've got investors like pissed. Oh, I should have gotten involved. I should have done this. Dude, you're doing the what-if game. I'm not in the what-if game. Okay? But think of the opportunities, that more opportunities you could have if you just stop playing the what-if game and start taking action and not be thinking about things that have really no relevance right now, either in the far, far, far future that you think will happen or something that happened three years ago. Okay? I mean, if you're going to gain 40 to 50 grand in equity on this one deal, you're getting a 14% cash on cash return. Who gives a rip about any of that? Well, the people that want to play the what if game do, and they're not going to get involved. Just don't you be one of them. Okay? So, let's go ahead and let's review what I've covered on this week's podcast really quick. 
Remember, screw-ups to avoid. I just hit three of them with you, and there's some you probably didn't even think about. Remember, number one, look under the surface. You've got to look under the surface. Spend at least some time looking under the surface to see what you can realistically do to that property. If at the end of the day you can't do anything with it, it's kind of what it is, move on. But if it's something that is worth working on, huh, believe me, man, you're going to be glad you did while going to the surface. Number two, don't paint yourself in a corner. You want to be looking bigger. Get out of that self-imposed investment box so you can see more opportunities. Because why? If it's that good, the money will find it. I promise you the money will find it. Okay? And then number three, don't play the what-if game. Be careful. Don't be careless. Use good due diligence. But don't what-if the crap out of something and lose out on another opportunity. Okay? So... I hope this has been a good podcast for you to listen to this week. No matter how you've joined me or when you've joined me, have a great day, have a great week or weekend. We will talk to you later. All right, we'll see you. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining the Apartment Specialist Podcast. For investment questions, comments, or to get in touch with Darren, go to www.heartlandinvestmentrealestate.com.